say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face to Grace Jameson. He scores! He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, everyone, welcome in. It is Friday. There's a basketball game tomorrow. There are four football games this weekend. The Orange lost another assistant coach. Uh, we're actually just playing the show on repeat from uh, I don't even know what day. We've done the same show before. Uh, we're we're going to find a new special way to do it here today. But uh, welcome in, rolling along on Friday. A little dreary day here in the Q's. Can it just snow? Like, can we drop it a few degrees? And, like, if I. This is really dumb to be saying out loud in Syracuse, but can we get some light, fluffy snow? That'd be... Is that too much to ask for? But we'll get into the hoops uh, throughout the show intermittently today. Randy Waters, the color analyst for the Georgia Tech uh, radio broadcast, joining us at 3.30 today. Looking forward to talking to uh, Randy. His uh, partner, Andy Demetra, was on our airwaves a few hours back, but we'll talk to uh, Randy later on uh, today. We will get into uh, yet another Orange football Assistant coach, this time uh, Mike Schmidt, still not the baseball player, uh, heading down to uh, Mississippi State. Uh, and possibly before the end of the show, we'll tell you who the new guy is. Maybe. Will there be a new coach? Possibly. Maybe. We'll see. We shall see. Will there ever be a new Orange football assistant coach? We shall see that. But uh, right now, let's uh, let's get a little hoops in. Let's get a little bit of the Hall of Famer. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel of Bayheim. All right. Uh, do you want to hear the Judah thing? Are we done? I, uh, Jim Jim said that if you want to talk about it, you could call him. He does have, uh, on these very airwaves, uh, he is available, you know, for like hours and hours every week to chat with him, Seven, basically 7 to 9 every Thursday night in one way or another on uh, TK or ESPN here, uh, QSportsTalk.com. So, you know, you know, we've had a, We've had a fun week wondering if uh, Judah Mintz should have been involved in the last play of the game or should have been banished to the next galaxy over. Um, so I, I think we're, we're just going to let that be now, five days later. But I'll tell you this, if the game is close tomorrow, you know who's going to be in the game? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got into this a little bit. Here's um, Here's... Jim on his now longtime counterpart. What's amazing, Jim Beheim and Mike Bray have been coaching against each other in the same league, first the Big East and now the ACC, for the last 23 years. Jim had an entire another half of his career happen before that. Here's Jim on Mike. Well, I don't think anybody will have the success he's had the last 23 years at Notre Dame or any more success than he's had. He's been pretty successful there. I've talked to him a couple times, and, you know, they, it's, they're struggling, and they lose five guys out of the six or four guys out of the six that are seniors. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big rebuild process there, and uh, I, I'm sure, I knew he would not want to go through that. And it's harder for them to get transfer portal guys, too. They, they're not in that game, although they probably will need to get in it pretty soon. Uh, the wording was interesting from John Swarbrick, the uh, Notre Dame 
athletic director. He didn't use the word retire. There was reports. Uh, Tom Noyes joined us a couple times this season from the South Trend South Bend Tribune. Broke the news earlier today, and Mike Bray had a press conference already. Which he, you know, Bray Bray is always good for a quip. He, you know, he always seems to have a smile out there, and it's been less and less during the games the last few years, which I'm I'm sure plays some into it. But he, he always had a little pregame something for Beheim and you know he was he was coaching Notre Dame on one of the dress like Jim Beheim days in the dome and came out in big glasses and a plaid jacket and the whole thing like he, he's willing to play along like he's willing to be part of the joke he'd be like I I am sure that ESPN and Fox and all these stations have already reached out to him or his agent or whatever about you know do you, do you want to join us. Uh, starting as soon as the postseason this year. Turner, CBS, like I'm sure they've all reached out to him already. He'd be, like if he wants to, he'd be great at it. He'd be great at it. And and who knows? Like he's 63 years old. He's made a lot of money. And he can, if he wants to, he can ride off into the sunset and do whatever he wants. He can leave South Bend. Not a bad life choice in many ways. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but it's just so crazy to view this stuff through the spectrum of Syracuse basketball because so much has not changed here, a.k.a. Jim Beheim is here and has been here and will be here, and time goes on. Like, Jim has been 15 years older than Mike Bray literally forever. For the last 23 years, his coach is in the same league. Mike was, you know, the young guy. He was still kind of a hot up-and-comer then when he got that job. It was a long time ago, 23 years ago. He was 40. And now he's out the door, and Jim is still going on. It is so hard to judge what happens and how time passes at these other programs because it's not passing the same way here. Kay's gone. Roy's gone. They're all gone. They're all gone. And it's just it's hard I, I think as Syracuse fans and observers to see the context because the context here is so different. So when you say Mike Bray's gone, how could that be? Didn't he just get there? Well, no. 23 years is a long time. 23 years is a really, really long time. So, you know, congrats to Mike. I, you know, I'm sure it, it rarely ends the way you want it to. And Notre Dame, for the most part, they had a little resurgence last year and not living up to what they thought they could be this year. And maybe they can, certainly now Syracuse is done with their games, and I'm good on Notre Dame, bounce back, win some games down the stretch. The Orange are done with you until potentially the ACC tournament. But, you know, it's possible the ACC tournament or like an NIT or something could be the end of Bray's uh, career. It's extremely unlikely at this point for the Irish to make the NCAA tournament without a wild a finish to the season or a miracle run in the ACC tournament. But, you know, Notre Dame basketball, it's a hard job. And you look at the long, long history of Notre Dame basketball. They've been a good program. They've won games. They've had notable players. But, like, you can name Notre Dame's basketball's big-time accomplishments on one hand for the most part. Digger Phelps, UCLA, Bill Walton. Mike Bray, ACC Tournament. This is now, what was that, 2014 now? I think. Mike Bray, Greensboro, ACC Tournament, beat Duke and Carolina, won the trophy. Two Elite Eights. 
Like that that's the that's the list. That's it. That's the program. That's the history of the program. They've had great players and all that stuff. But you talk about, you know, historical accomplishments and all this and you know how we view Syracuse and uh the successes and the failures and, and all that. But like that's Notre Dame. Like that is the entire history of the program. And Abrey has been a significant part of the entire history of the program. You know, he'll be a guy that's missed in the league. I don't know. I read some article today about, you know, who might they replace him with. It's, you know, it's just a list of guys, and who knows? Who knows? It's not, uh, like, nothing about driving onto Notre Dame's campus screams you're arriving at a Mecca for basketball. Not when you're driving past touchdown Jesus in every possible way you can go, and you're surrounded by the football stadium and football practice fields and brick and this and everywhere, and like literally the least impressive thing that you uh, happen upon is the Joyce Center. But it, it's just kind of interesting to try to put programs like that in context uh, with how we view uh, Syracuse here, and uh, that's what it is. With that, we'll hit a break. When we come back, we will get into Syracuse basketball. There is... How about that? Another game tomorrow. There will be a play of basketball post-Judah. That will start with Judah because he's the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands. That's how this goes. Uh, We'll talk about the game tomorrow. What do the Orange have to do to win? Should they win? Yeah, they should win. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Georgia Tech, Cuse, Noon, Atlanta, man who sort of knows, picks, end of the hour. Here's football. More coaches leaving. Hour two. Get into the game with Randy Waters, who is part of the Georgia Tech radio broadcast coming up at 3.30. That's the show today, people. Also get into the NFL playoff weekend as well. If you'd like to chime in, 315-437-7644. As always, is the number for ESPN 44. Back after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across Central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this Friday. Hoops tomorrow. Cues, Jackets, Noon, Atlanta. Pre-game 11 right here with Axe. Post-game 2 right here with me. That is your programming update for tomorrow. Get back into the hoops in just a second. More football talk at the top of the hour, but uh, Syracuse has officially hired a new offensive uh, line coach already, so we do have a second hire now officially this year, Rocky Long being the first. Uh, the new guy's name is Steve Farmer. Steve Farmer, he comes to Syracuse's way from Tulsa. Am I reading this correctly? He was a former Golden Hurricane, not a Miami Hurricane, but a Golden Hurricane with stops at Texas Tech, Utah State, Louisiana, Monroe. I've been to Monroe, Louisiana. Illinois State, Eastern Michigan, and Eastern Illinois. Don't know if that gives me a sense of where his main uh, recruiting uh, toehold lies, but Steve Farmer, formerly of Tulsa, is the new Orange offensive line coach. Uh, This is not a Syracuse thing. Uh, Quick tangent. I don't know who started it or why this is now 100% of the things, but the the photoshopping uh, people that have never worn Syracuse gear before into, not even Syracuse, every school does this, into their new school gear amuses me. Like, uh, the picture of Farmer is him wearing a Syracuse shirt and a Syracuse hat while coaching in a football game. Uh, like, it's done 100% of everywhere, but I, I find it funny. Uh, anywho, let's say, look at him. He looks like an O-line coach. So did Mike Schmidt. I, you know what? I do like, I, I don't know if it actually improves performance. I do feel better when an O-line coach looks like an offensive line coach. 
Syracuse has had you know one head coach that has looked like an offensive line coach, and that's the best all lines they've had. Uh, you know, obviously with Marone. Uh, but yeah, I feel better about that. I don't know if there's any statistical correlation. I don't know what the analytics say about it, but I personally, me, feel better about it when the O-line coach looks like he should be an O-line coach. There's plenty that look like that that aren't good ones. But, you know, I feel better about it. Now we'll get into this higher and, you know, the optics of it all, and it sounds like the rest of the staff is going to be complete sooner than later, and uh, we'll get into all that at the top of the hour. A little bit of hoops. Let's do a little bit of hoops. There is the game tomorrow. And there is a game of basketball uh, tomorrow between Syracuse and Georgia Tech. And he has, okay, what might decide a game of basketball tomorrow? Does that mean we're going to talk about Judah Mintz for hours and hours and hours? Uh, no. You know what? Judah's going to play a game of basketball tomorrow. You know what the likely odds are? Uh, that he's going to play pretty good. That he won't be bad. He won't be great. He'll be pretty good. Little score like 16 points. Like that's pretty good. 15 points. Maybe have like four or five assists, a couple turnovers, make some free throws. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty good. Maybe he'll get a steal. That'll be pretty good. But you know what's uh, going to decide tomorrow's game and most of the games for the rest of the season for Syracuse? Stops. You need more than none. Stops. A little from uh, last night, Jim Beheim on uh, what uh, he currently views as the orange main area of deficiency at the moment. With young players, offense takes a little longer. Defense can come a little quicker. The problem is if you have structural problems in your defense, um, meaning we're not a good rebounding team, period, and we're thin up front, we're, we're outweighed up front at every position, that can be hard to overcome. We're trying to overcome it. It's easier in a zone to try to overcome it. In a man, it's virtually impossible if you're outweighed at every position. Um, but that is, it's hard for us to change that. So as a result, we have to be really good on offense, and we have to try to keep getting a little better on defense. And, uh, you know, that's really the challenge moving forward. So that's uh, Jim on uh, the defense. And, you know, we look at the game – uh, on Monday, and yeah, we, we've beaten the Judah thing to death with 10,000 sticks. But the Orange defense in the first half was okay-ish enough, and in the second half, it wasn't. Like, Syracuse is not going to be a great defensive team this year. But if they can be a consistent defensive team, then they got a shot to win games. And I'm going to say, you know, speaking of football and Dino Babers, you don't want to be occasional on defense. you know. And in basketball, you don't want to occasionally rebound. You don't want to occasionally rotate. You don't want to occasionally do anything. You want to go get a rebound every time down. You want to rotate where you're supposed to on the court in the zone. How about every time down the court? Well, those are the main things you got to do. Right place, right time. And yeah, are the orange a little, you know, out-hefted on the inside? Yeah, there's ways to make up for it, and it's you, you got to be on it. And Syracuse hasn't been. And then, you know, that puts you in the situations where you get taken advantages of for being young or, you know, being thin or being whatever. So we'll see. Georgia Tech's not great. They're struggling. They have one league win. They've lost four in a row. So this is a game. Must win game? 
this is a game that if Syracuse still wants to harbor hopes of doing something, whatever something may be, you need to go there and win the game. I don't care how. I don't care how pretty it is. I don't care what the final score is. I don't care if it's 50 to 48. I do, but I don't. I don't care if it's 99 to 98. I do, but I don't. Like, you need to go down there and find a way to win this basketball game. You need to go to Atlanta and win this basketball game. I, as always, I, I'm intrigued to see what is the Benny Williams deal going to be. Will there be the hustle that then leads to the other stuff? It seems so simple with Benny that when you see him, you know, bouncy and active early, the other parts of his game follow. We saw that on Monday night. He had a solid game. He had 10 points, made some outside shots. He was bouncy and active early. Played 30 minutes. I think, you know, I'd like to see a Judah bounce back performance. I'm not that worried about it. Like, he had a bad game. More often than not, he's had a good game. Like, there's, I can't think of a very good reason for Judah not to have a good game uh, tomorrow. Now, if he has back-to-back bad games, my goodness. We're going to have to talk about it for seven weeks straight. Poor Judah. But, like, he's going to have a good game tomorrow. Why? Because the odds say he's probably going to have a good game. Because that's generally what happens. And uh, we'll see if the defense. Can the defense be a little more consistent? Or is that that is just what it is this year? And you got to skate by on it and score enough points. Like, the Orange aren't going to win grinders and lock you down. But the offense is getting better. Can the defense gain some level of consistency to go along with it? We'll start seeing again uh, tomorrow. Then, hmm. Big bad UNC comes to town on Tuesday night. That's what's uh, next up after tomorrow. Like, that's another reason. Like, don't screw up tomorrow. You know what's coming after. Like, yeah, Carolina's not been world beaters all season, but that is not an easy game on Tuesday night. With that, we'll hit a break. We'll tell you what the man that sort of knows thinks he knows this week when we come back. Top of the hour, more football. We're talking a lot more Syracuse football in the last week and a half than I ever would have guessed. And we'll do it again at the top of the hour. All that when we come back. It's QSportsTalk.com today and ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home. Here's what's happened so far. Yeah, what in the heck have we done so far? Mario is here because we don't let him leave. We got Mario's picks. He's in on his penguins again. He is in on his penguins again. And off to the NFL for much after that. We heard a little uh, Jim Beheim sound on everything but Judah Mintz. Discretion, the better part of valor. Have we reached the end of the Judah Mintz story? Never! Never! Until he plays just a normal game tomorrow. What do we do then? 
We've hit a little Syracuse football. We're going to get more into that momentarily. And we gave you the picks from the man that sort of knows. We'll see what he knows tonight, including a college hockey pick involving Harvard being better than Yale. Wear it, Yale. I'm going to try that New Haven pizza sometime. I haven't uh, swung through lovely New Haven, Connecticut in a minute. That is a topic for another time. But right now, once again, load it up. Let's do it again. Syracuse football. Another assistant coach left. Everybody panic. Didn't we just do this? Yesterday and the day before and last week? Oh, my goodness. It's tiring. It is tiring. Mike Schmidt gone. The offensive line coach who did a very nice job with uh, the offensive line the last couple of years and is going to have put at least one into the NFL. He's going to Matthew Bergeron, uh, the last mock draft I saw, and my goodness, mock draft season never ends these days, I believe. What was I reading? Uh, I believe this was Dean Brugler on The Athletic. Is that what I was reading? Is he the guy on The Athletic? Did I name the right thing? Uh, had He did like a two-round mock draft. All right, we don't even know the whole order of the draft yet, and he's two rounds deep. He had Matthew Bergeron going late second round to um, one of the teams in the NFL. And, you know, we like Mike. He did a nice job. He's off to Mississippi State like Zach Arnett. This, this is tying all the way back to the story we've been telling now for a month and a half. Uh, the Orange initially hired Zach Garnett as the defensive coordinator. He was here about a week and was never actually here. He left to Mississippi State. Tony White came here. He's gone now. Rocky Long. Zach Garnett is now the head coach of Mississippi State. And he is friends with Mike Schmidt going like way, 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 way back. So, like, the second he got the job, like, he's getting Mike Schmidt. So, it's, again, it's another one of these things, like, as an individual package, none of this is surprising. But as a big picture now, like, is it Syracuse? Is this college football? Is this just the way of the world now? Like, half of the Orange staff now has turned over in the offseason. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think what hits us most is Syracuse fans. The team was 6-0, and riding high. And now here we are a few months later. Half the staff is gone. The sky is falling. And again, it just feels like we've done the same thing. And I think you look at it. Robert and I went to NC State. He's getting more money. He got Brennan Armstrong. All right. Tony White went to Nebraska. He's getting more money. You know, it's up to the Big Ten. Stretch his wings out. Next step on the way to becoming a head coach. Okay. We'll swag daddy Nick Monroe. Going to Minnesota. Hometown in many ways. Okay. Chip West going to Wake Forest. You know, he's a he's a DMV recruiter. That's closer to there. Whatever. Mike Schmidt going to be with his boy. Going to Starkville. You're going to the SEC. Coach some hogs against the hogs. Okay. Like all of them individually. Fine, whatever. Like I, I, I don't need to come up with a conspiracy theory for any of these individual things. Or even the whole thing. It's just the optics of the whole thing that after you had, and I get it didn't end great, but after you had, I mean, it's the second best season the Dinos had. It was during the regular season. Like, even, I'd say this year, during a chunk of the regular season, like, this regular season hit in many ways in a bigger way than the Dungey senior year regular season did. I don't think people really grasped what was happening that season until later than when things were this season just due to the undefeated nature of 6-0. So people were in. 
the sellout against NC State. Like, things happen. Back-to-back sellouts in the Dome. Big doings. And now you have half the staff gone. Like, after the 2018 season, we uh, documented this yesterday, nobody left. How many coaches left? None. That was back when you had nine assistants. Now you have ten. You had nine that year, none left. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Now that is unusual. Is five leaving unusual? It feels unusual. But also I think, you know, the nature of coaches moving around, college football, college basketball, whatever, this is turning into the norm. When will we know the rest of Dino's staff? There are still three spots available. Mike Schmidt uh, leaving, replaced by uh, Steve Farmer. Whoever Steve Farmer may be. Previous stops, Tulsa, Texas Tech, Utah State, Louisiana Monroe, Illinois State, Eastern Michigan, Eastern Illinois. Okay. Like, he's a guy. Maybe a great coach, may not. Zero idea. What do I know about this guy? Nothing. All, all he does is make, is, I'm singing the Farmer's Insurance song in my head. That's all that's happening here. Will he be a good coach? I, I don't know. Does it matter? Yeah. But this is turning into a, a very important offseason for Dino. It was always going to be with two years left on his contract. But now you have two years left on your contract and changed half your staff. Like So there's a lot that's going to happen this offseason. You're bringing people up to speed. You, you have defensive coaches that are potentially going to have to learn a new defense that are not even officially on staff yet. Now, gears move slow. Like the fact that the news came out that Mike Schmidt was uh, leaving today and the news came out today that the Orange had hired a new offensive coordinator or an offensive line coach, pardon. Let's not all be, to use a word, dumb and think that all happened today. So if we were to find out, I don't know, hypothetically tomorrow or Monday or sometime very soon that here are the other three Syracuse assistant coaches, like, let's not be shocked. Like, Dino's not sitting there doing nothing right now. But it's just the optics of it. After you have, in the world of Syracuse football, your most successful season in ages, to have half the staff leave stinks. It's a kick to the pride of the program. It is signaling far too loudly Syracuse's place in the hierarchy of college football. Like, we are all not dumb, but, like, you don't want to you don't want to say out loud. You don't want to accept it. You don't want to see Syracuse coaches or players or whatever going to Wake Forest, transferring or leaving for another job at Wake Forest. Like, all right, when Deuce goes to LSU and Jihad goes to Ohio State, like, it stinks losing them because they were great players. But when they end up at those two schools, you just say, wow, look at that. Would have liked to have them, but, man. How about that? Even a guy like Mike Schmidt, he's now in the SEC. Okay. Tony White going to Nebraska, getting a huge pay raise. Okay. Like, at least if you're going to leave, move move up in a way that, that really is up. Like Nick Monroe, I'm sure he's getting more money and a title in the whole thing. And I get it, and we like the swag daddy. But it is a kick to the pride of the program and the school and the conference, and everything when you're losing people to Minnesota and that is clearly viewed as a better landing spot. And I think that, more than anything, is what stinks here about all these coaches and all this stuff leaving that 
when Wake Forest and Minnesota are now better options than Syracuse for football? Not the same. They're like people are leaving and going to the other places on purpose. That stinks. That stinks more than anything else. And how it'll end out? Like Dino might go out and his his coaching hiring recently seems pretty good. Tony White, and I like the guys that just left. Tony White, Anai Schmidt. Those are all recent hires. Special teams coach last year, Bob Ligashevsky, turned that group around in significant ways this year. Like Dino's made some really good coaching hires of late. Who's to say he's not going to go out do it again? Like Rocky Long, we know he can coach defensive football. Like that appears to be a pretty good hire. Like he might go out get five guys and three of them or two are, are in the house already, and they might be better than the five that left. But it's the reasons they leave. When you say, yeah, I want to I go to Minnesota and be a part of that instead of Syracuse. I want to go to Wake Forest instead of being a part of uh, Syracuse after the season the Orange Shed. That's the part that stinks. And it just it hits you time and time and time and time again this offseason because of the volume of times between coaching staff, transfer portal, that we have done this over and over. And maybe it's just a new era and we got to get over it. And this is just the way of the world and everybody... Leaves. But man, over and over and over again, it's been tiring doing this over and again. So hopefully after Dino announces a few more hires and the staff is complete, that will be that and we can uh, begin shifting the focus ahead. But uh, it feels like we have been doing this uh, story on loop now for the last uh, month and a half with now the latest leaving the Orange football staff and Mike Schmidt and finally a replacement in Steve Farmer, the new Offensive line coach. With that, we'll break. Matt will be in 411 in the 3015 NFL playoff review. Four games this weekend. We'll hit them next. After that, game tomorrow. Randy Waters, Georgia Tech Radio Network. We'll talk to him at 330. That's the plan the rest of the way, folks, here on this Friday in the 315 all across CNY on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.